Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. One. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take, the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and man, that was uh, not a good game. Uh, I just, let's, let's, I'm not like almost a loss for words, guys, because I just, I don't know, but hey, the words will come out in these next 45 minutes, right, Michael Brown? Yeah, you know, there there will be some words. Um, look, I, I'm not I'm not ready to burn the house down just yet with this with this series. Oklahoma City is good. The most frustrating part of the loss today was the Rockets completely did it to themselves. Did Oklahoma City play well down the stretch? Yeah, they did. But the Rockets did this to themselves. D'Antoni went back to his old ways, not knowing what to do with his rotation. Um, James Harden played the way his haters believe he plays every single night, which is not true, by the way. Uh, But his game awareness was awful in the fourth quarter. Eric Gordon was fantastic up until the fourth quarter uh, when he couldn't hit anything. Uh, the defense was lackluster. There's there's a lot of things to look at and go, the Rockets just did this to themselves. And that's the most frustrating part of today in this loss is Oklahoma City played well, but they didn't deserve to win this game. This game, this series should be over right now, but it's not. And it's 2-2, and now it's a best of three. And here we are. And as we approach the uh, pinnacle of our season we are looking for more coverage than we have before. That's why we've brought our good old buddy, Mr. Max Crows, onto the podcast. Max, I wish we were celebrating a win here, but nonetheless, it's very awesome to have you onto the podcast. I'm back. I'm You're taking back. my anger out on some white claws, not on hand sanitizer dispensers. <laughs> Those are very important. Please do not knock them down, Houston and America. Uh, but I'm at a point where I'm also frustrated. I feel like the team made a lot of decisions in game three that frustrated me. I feel like they let, made a lot of decisions in game four that also frustrated me. I was talking before the podcast. I don't know how you don't give James Harden some uh, a breather. Like, give him a breather to the point that he didn't play up to his capacity and standard. I feel like we've also seen but denied some of what we saw today many years in the past you have to give him a blow and we've also seen this team be able to play and rise at certain points when he hasn't been on the court uh late in games and that's not to say that should be a norm but i was just astounded 
the Mike D'Antoni decisions, game three, game four, I'm still over here with an eraser, wiping things away, writing down new things, wiping them away. Didn't make sense to me. And the final score of today's game, uh, OKC 117, Houston 114. Usually when the Rockets make 23-3, shoot nearly 40% from the three-point line, they win the game. It's not the case today. Uh, the Thunder went 11 of 32 from the three-point line, dis- and despite a minus 36 in the three-point category, they get this win. And OKC, I don't want to say it was a must-win for them, but it definitely helps their chances and it at least gives them another game of breathing room. And just like that, it's a best-of-three series, guys. But we're going to talk about how we got here, specifically today. So, you know, I think the first thing that we noticed for this game was, wow, we are in for a shootout. And that favors Houston. You don't want to get into a shootout with Houston because Houston will win that very often. They're one of the top three offenses in the league, I'd say. Top five, if at least top five. And OKC, not top five. So, when I saw that at the beginning of the game, I was like, okay, I'm, if, if it stays like this, I'm, I'm content. But as the game wore on, especially in that fourth quarter, the game became a defensive struggle. And it's where you kind of wish the Rockets played some better defense in that first half because that ultimately cost them uh, when the score went triple zero or when the clock went triple zero. Well, how about them not losing their their wits at the end of the third quarter, too? That end yeah. of the third quarter that, was, that, was three, that was an easily preventable three uh, buzzer beater from Schroeder at the end of the quarter. And if they uh, just play simple defense, that shot doesn't go in. And I mean, granted, the Rockets did make that buzzer beater at the end of the fourth quarter from like half court. Uh, so I guess I guess those cancel out, but. Still, the Rockets would have had a chance to win at the end. Well, okay. But D'Antoni just went away from his rotation. I mean, look at the number of – James Harden played 43 minutes tonight. I mean, that's a lot. Now, you know, Max made a a great point. You can't play Harden 43 minutes in this type of game, and especially the entire fourth quarter. Didn't come out in the fourth once. And and he didn't come out in the fourth once. But to be fair to Harden, he needs some of his other guys to step up. Robert Covington found his shot, which is a welcome sign. But Eric Gordon couldn't hit anything in the fourth. Which is such a shame because he was so good in the first three quarters. I want to say he had 23 going into the fourth quarter. I was ready to eat my words about Eric Gordon, but when you needed him the most, he wasn't there. Tonight, I said, I said two things. Like one, I said, playing Eric Gordon through his slump obviously helped, and then the slump hit again in the fourth quarter, and so I ate my words on that. Uh, and then I said, well, the Rockets play better when they hit the eight straight threes, and they went up. I said the Rockets play better when they're up eight to ten. They just have a sense of confidence about them. I felt like the defense all of a sudden was more ferocious. They were more bought in on both ends because they saw the fruit of their labor. They saw the ball going in the basket. It got them amped. Then they just gave up the lead. And I was like, all right, I'll eat those words too. 
Yeah, that lead evaporated by the time the fourth quarter began. They were up 15 at their peak of their run in the in the third quarter, and that lead was one going into the fourth quarter. You're making Dennis Schroeder look like Kyrie Irving, which pisses me off because Dennis Schroeder's a nice player, but He's God, not Kyrie Irving. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching this Thunder team, and I'm just like, what are you doing, Rockets? You should be running this team out of the gym, period. End of story. But there's no urgency. The entire game today, it never felt like outside of that, the beginning of the third quarter that there was any sense of urgency by anybody. They were just, okay, you know, we're playing. We'll be there in the end. James will hit a shot. Gordon's going to hit a shot. There was no sense of urgency. None. I feel, like, I feel like they got complacent a little bit in that third quarter. I mean, mostly throughout the game. And I would think that I, a guy like Antonio. First half, I feel like. But I would say I mean, definitely when they hit that lead, they kind of took their foot off the gas. Um, and that, you just can't, really can't do that. And I think that D'Antoni and his – I'm not trying to defend his coaching decisions – but I'm just kind of trying to bring an explanation to it. I think his idea was let's do what we can and try to get, try to just blow them out of the fourth quarter so that they don't have a chance. So he was up 15 in the third. He wanted to be up 20 going into the fourth because I think that if they went up 20 in by the third quarter, I think that would have been it. I think OKC would have been like, you know what? Pack it in. We'll get ready for Wednesday, and we'll play must-win basketball. But props to OKC. we got to give credit where credit's due, and OKC has battled two games in a row to even the series up. And, you know, when we had our first podcast before the series started, I had Clemente Almanza from uh, Welcome to Loud City, and he said the, th- the biggest strength about the Thunder is the fact that they play very well in the clutch. You notice the first two games, the Rockets had it locked up before the fourth quarter, you know, before the clutch part of the fourth quarter. And, you know, that was it. And you've noticed in these last two games, the Rockets have kept it close and the Thunder have won. That, I think, is part of what D'Antoni was trying to do. D'Antoni was trying to stretch it out and try to kick OKC out before the game was even over. And that was the mistake that he made was ditching his game plan and just trying to go, you know, full speed ahead without realizing there's still, you know, a, a quarter mile left in the race. If, if, if you get out coached by Billy Donovan, you don't deserve Billy to have a job. Donovan. Huh? Billy Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're Dan Tony, you've got, you've got now coached now two games in a row by Billy Donovan. And you don't deserve to have a job. He loses this series. You fire him the day after the last game. Period. End of story. I said it at the beginning, and I'll say it again now. Because the Rockets should be resting at this point. They should have won these last two games. Inexcusable the way they finished these last two games. And Well, I haven't, no. been, I haven't been on the podcast for a while, but my take is that's probably a done conclusion already. Um, and, you know, D'Antoni's coaching for historical acumen here. Uh, but... Mike, I had to hit you with one question that I had here that frustrated me ultimately about this game. Um, 
Well, well, first off, if Dennis Schroeder is Kyrie Irving, can he make it from Germany to the United States without falling off the flat earth? <laughs> or is there, do we have a highway that I, I anyway, um, He's the question I had was like part of pocket rockets is bend the other team to your style of play, right? We are going small. We do this the best. If so- another team plays this way, also, we are going to beat them. Tonight, I was frustrated because I feel like the Thunder bought into that a lot. Steven Adams and Danilo Gallinari uh, both had series low for their minutes. Uh, we saw major guard lineups from the Thunder all game. And the Rockets didn't take advantage of that to, and I get that Westbrook isn't there, so the pace isn't the same as it was in the regular season, but they didn't take advantage of that in trying to force the other team to play their style of play. Did it, did, did you guys see that as well this evening? That was one of the biggest frustrations for me. Well, they, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead, Mike. No, 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 no you go. No, no, you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. If Mike, if, if Mike insists. But, no, that's what we talked about on the last podcast where we are like, how do the Rockets change these fortunes? And I mentioned they need to pick up the pace, which I think they did tonight, and, or at least for the first three quarters, when they were playing their best basketball. They picked up the pace. They had more shots in transition. Daniel House was a monster in transition tonight. And they made their threes. They made 23 threes versus, I mean, how many did they make in game three? Uh, definitely not that many. Um, I think it was 15 to 50. So, yeah, definitely they shot 10% better from three. and But they still lost. And, yeah. and there, I would, there's I would two reasons. One thing I would say there also is like broadcast is losing its cool over the Rockets missing threes. Um, I'm pretty certain I'm looking at the right box score. It says game four and they shot 39.7% from three. Yeah, they didn't show up. They, they, they lost to a team that plays strictly well in the fourth quarter. We They, they also hyped that up on the broadcast where OKC has, you know, uh, Chris Paul is the most points in five minutes. It's clutch time or whatever, five minutes or less in a five-point game. Or I think that's I think that's the stat, and it's true. Oklahoma City is uh, when the moments have when the tensions have been high. OKC has uh, been the better team, and that's for a couple of reasons. I think one because they play at a slow pace. That you know when the game does slow down in the fourth quarter and you need twos, you're more likely to get that. And also, you know, I mentioned that I want to see more fast break transition. I think they got those buckets, but they barely went to the foul line. That is the one stat here that makes a big difference. The Rockets were, you know, very good from the three-point line, had a plus 36 from three. Rebounding wasn't the issue tonight. It was the free throws. Oklahoma City, 22 free throws versus the Rockets, nine. There's your difference. That's where OKC wins this game. And it's because they are driving to the rim. They are getting – they're drawing fouls at a much higher rate than Houston is because Houston is settling for a three-point shot, which is not – which I'm not against because that's the philosophy and that's helped you get to where you are. But like – 
I think they needed to they need more of a balance of I'm not just three point shots but driving. There's one shot in particular today that frustrated me. Now there's this whole thing about Dame is uh widening his range, like he's shooting 40 foot shots, and James took one of those tonight, and I was so frustrated with that because that is not an efficient shot. Let's get that right. That's basically a mid-range, and you get three points for it. And it's further away from the basket. A three-point shot is the most efficient shot because it's the closest you can get by scoring the most you possibly can. A 40-foot shot or a 35-foot shot from Steph Curry range or Damian Lillard range, that's not a good, efficient shot. You, you don't make those very often. I mean, if you if you make them at a 35% rate like you do normally or a 40% rate, I'm okay with that. But you don't. So you need to make the most efficient shots, and that's a layup, a dunk, or a three-point shot right at the line. And James wasn't taking that. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with Mike in a little bit. This loss is on James. James did not play well at the very end, and uh, that is where Houston lost the game. But I'm against chucking threes, which is what the Rockets did in the fourth. Yeah. They, yes. they lived. Well, but somebody has to call out, hey, we're not hitting our threes. Drive the freaking bucket. Like, it's like when Gordon going through three quarters and then the fourth quarter just decided not to go, go by that. Did, did, we, did we see a single James Harden floater in this game? I don't remember one. Well, there was – he drove – there was one play. I think the Rockets were down by three in the fourth. It wasn't a floater, but he got into yeah. the lane and he had yep. an easy layup. I'm like, where the heck has this been the entire fourth quarter? Now, that's my problem with D'Antoni right now is D'Antoni is so tunnel vision that he – it's like, this is the way we're going to play. This is what we're going to do. This is it. This is it. This is it. For the rest of the series, the only guy that I want to see on Dennis Schroeder for the most part is Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers is the only guy with the foot speed to stay with Dennis Schroeder on this roster right now. That's it. There's no other person that I want to see on him. I don't know if y'all agree. That To me, that's the way to slow down Schroeder. Is you have to put somebody with really good foot speed in front of him to try and slow him down. He doesn't want to shoot the three. He wants to get to the bucket. That's, that's not an I Aaron yeah. That's how my, I felt about this game. a suggestion out there. Sure. Yeah, the person you just described is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I'll say this. If Russ was playing in this series, we'd be celebrating a Rockets sweep right now. If uh, Russ was uh, playing in these two games, the Rockets would be oh, celebrating a yeah. sweep right now. Oh, yeah. No question. And that's, that's like the part of me that isn't as worried. But also, we don't know if Russ is going to play in Game 5 and Game 6 and Game 7. We would think that we will if the Rockets get to an elimination game or game five, which is, you know, not a must win, but a, you should win the game. Winning the game would be a very good idea. So I've, I've got, I've got two takes here on, on this. Number one is on Dennis Schroeder. I don't get why so many members of the Rockets were pressing up on him at the three point line. I felt like Jeff green and James Harden both played back off of him. Um, when they got switched on to him, 
but the rest of the Rockets were pressing up on him. And to your earlier point, it was making him look like Kyrie Irving. Like he's fast. He was getting around everybody, but they were pressing up on him coming into this game. He was shooting like 21% from three in this series. I know that he's not that bad of a shooter over his career, but as you said, it's clear he doesn't really want that shot. Uh, and they were giving him the opportunity to make something happen over and over again. Uh, and I also just want to shout out, nobody stand harder for James Harden in the James Harden-Russell Westbrook MVP debate that we will forever be labeled uh, on Twitter for as Rockets fans. But Russell Westbrook wearing an Iron Maiden shirt and screaming on the sidelines made me want to run through a brick wall. I was there for it. This guy what? on the sidelines, even today, getting into it with Steven Adams in the first quarter, I think, just screaming at his own, own old teammates when he's not even playing. Yeah, I'm here for it. Max, I want to say the last time we were on the podcast together might have been when Russ was traded Houston. I still don't know how I feel about it, but that Iron Maiden shirt, <laughs> sure, changing, sure changing my opinion over here. Well... The problem with the problem right now that the Rockets are in is that you've now gotten into a best of three with a team with a heck of a lot of talent, and you you yeah. don't know you know, you you wasted two opportunities to be up three one right now. If we were up three one, this is a completely different conversation, and it's like congrats the 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 Thunder won a game, they're not going to win another one. And look, I, I've I've done it on this show, I've done it. Throughout my Rockets fandom, I will go to bat for James Harden about as hard as anybody. And today, I, I can't go to bat for him. I, I just can't. I, I get the rest thing. There was no leadership in the fourth quarter. There was no, hey, let, like, come on, guys. Like, the Thunder, there, was a, there was a period of like three minutes where the Thunder missed every shot, but the Rockets didn't take the ball to the hole one time. James showed no leadership today. Dan Tony showed no wherewithal with his game plan. It's just a fr it's a really frustrating loss. And the Rockets have some real questions going into game five. I'll tell you this, we better see Russell Westbrook in game five. If the Rocket I think that's I think he's gonna play and I think the Rockets win. Without Westbrook though, I have my serious doubts about us winning game five. I yeah, it definitely is nerve wracking, but I will say this. The Rockets had to have, one, play their worst game ever in the bubble, and they lost in overtime. The second game, they had a complete collapse in the fourth quarter and only lost by three. So, so some would argue that we're due for just a terrible uh, game and for us to get... The Rockets are due for, at least to the, to the team we think that they are... They're due for a game where they play better than expected. And I think what was promising today is the, that Harden had a decent game shooting-wise on Dort, so now they can work around him. They, they found an answer, because that was the thing. In game one, Dort didn't play, Rockets feasted on the three-point line. Game two, Dort severely limited Harden, and the reason they won that game is because the bench showed up. Game three, Dort absolutely, you know, made Harden look silly, I feel like. 
in terms of the three-point shot. But today, Harden's shot was going in. I'm worried that the shot won't be going in as much as we see in game five because the law of averages. I'm not that, – that's my one concern. But also, I'm going to ask you guys straight up. Did this loss feel like we're heading towards the end of the Rockets season? No. Like, I, I don't – like, this doesn't feel like game over to me. It didn't feel like we're heading towards the end of the Rockets season. I feel they got a lot of life on them. I think they're going to come back in the next couple of games. The next loss, and if it were to happen, might might feel like that. I, I think tonight is extremely frustrating because you said the law of averages, right? And look, if if you're the ultimate Rockets hater, you just look at this team as a math problem, you know, on the court. And like tonight, they took a record number of three-point shots, made them at a very good clip, and still lost this game. And so it feels like a lot of what we buy into and what we believe and what we stand for as Rockets fans, it wasn't on our side in the result, right? Like the, the at the end of the day, that wasn't there. And that makes this difficult to swallow for me because even though the fourth quarter shooting was bad, like at the end of the game, like that's still pretty dang good number. Like, of, of what they made and how efficient the offense was, but it didn't work out for us in the end. So it makes it hard to be here and say that I feel good about what we believe in as Rockets fans and what we're all about. Cause I feel like it was in play tonight. The equation was on the court. It made sense. And the result didn't go our way. Well, okay. So Here's where here's what frustrates me the most. And I don't know if y'all picked up on this like I have. The problem is you built this team around Russell Westbrook. You completely changed the way you play the game of basketball after you acquired Russell Westbrook, right? Well, yeah. what, do you, what do you do when you don't have Russell Westbrook? Like, they're playing the same exact way when your yeah. entire roster is built around one guy but then when he's not there, you don't know how to adapt. You don't yeah. know how to change your game-to-game philosophy. So, and I don't think, know about that. I think it's easy to forget that they don't know. But in games one and two, that there's your answer. They know how to do it. It's just the recency bias of this game that we just saw, a bad example of that uh, adaptation for, you know, like three hours ago, but the team knows how to adapt. It's about execution at this point. Well, what about, what about the theory? I'll come, I'll come out with a theory that I was thinking, like, obviously they don't have Westbrook, but I felt like tonight, even though they used all the same guys, like I'm not expecting Bruno to come off the bench for 20 minutes. Right. But like, I felt like they were a player short still like Austin rivers, not being a, a creator on offense, the way that he had been in one of the past games, like without Russell Westbrook uh, to the point of this team may not work without that. It did work, but it had other people filling that creator role. And I didn't feel like anyone else was trying to, or able to do that tonight. I feel like, I feel like this team is anchored to Eric Gordon. Like they they are going to ride or die with Eric Gordon. We're going to either hit the promised land with him or 
or or we're going to get knocked out in the first round. It's frustrating, man, because D'Antoni loves Gordon. And he had a good game tonight. He had a good game tonight. He had a good game, but when you again in the fourth quarter, he took some really bad shots. He Just, got excited. He got excited. Three yeah, but you can't have that there. He, he has to realize that a a three point shot with twelve seconds left on the shot clock from four feet beyond the three point line is never a good shot. I don't care how many he's hit. It's not a good shot. That was the first game, I guess, other than game three, where the Rockets had playing crunch time. And that's, I guess, their strategy is they want to, when they get to that last fourth quarter, is they want to double down on their brand of basketball. And that this is where Oklahoma, this is why we saw Oklahoma City as a team that we didn't want to play in the first round because they play a more playoff style of basketball where they slow things down, you know, play out the shot clock, get the right shot rather than the first shot. And it's because they have Chris Paul, and Chris Paul has, you know, we are very familiar with that because that was the whole idea with Harden and Chris Paul and why that worked is Harden was fast and Chris Paul was slow. But... And, and this is the difference now. Harden and Westbrook, super fast. Chris Paul, slow. It's a, it's a battle of styles. And what we've seen is most of the time in this series, the small ball fast pace has worked. And that's why I think at the end of the game, the Rockets were like, okay, we're going to continue that. But that wasn't the right decision. And do I blame D'Antoni for that? If I have to point the finger, yes, but he was trying to avoid that situation altogether. But what I say is this, don't avoid the situation because if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to try, because it's not like they're not capable of playing slow and they're not capable of getting a good shot at the end because they, they can. Harden is really good at driving. They are capable of it. I would understand if the Rockets had nobody that could drive to the rim, that had nobody, you know, that only had guys that could shoot threes. I understand that. But you have Harden, you have Eric Gordon, who's been really good at driving to the rim in in the past two games, I'd say, or two of the four games that he's, we've seen him. He's good at driving to the rim. That's what they need to do. They just need to... If the situation comes up, they need to go in it. But the the strategy here is this: through three quarters or three and a half quarters, you got to beat OKC at your own game, and then when it gets down to that crunch time, you trust your guys that can do the same because they have guys that can. Yeah, to your point, like I'm going back a little bit on what I'd been sharing earlier. You know, I'm just I'm so emotional right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict myself in saying that they were playing their style of game and it didn't work. You look at the numbers, free throws, they only went to the line nine times this game. They were nine to 10 from the line. And we were talking about how they weren't putting the ball on the floor and going to the rack. So Rockets ball is free throws, layups, threes, right? Like, and if you're not getting to the hole and drawing those fouls, like, are you playing, are you playing the game that we intend to play? It's the balance, my, it's the balance back. You have to get the right balance of 
of threes. And look, they're shooting more threes than any other team has ever done before. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's not because look, the Warriors were super three centric as well, but they're not shooting as much as the Rockets are because they are, they were able to drive to the rim when they needed to. And they had the right balance. And that is the balance that the Rockets need to find. And I'm sure that when Westbrook comes back, that balance will find yep. itself again. Yep. And maybe that's what that's what the Rockets need is just is Westbrook to come back so that balance can be found. And look, I I don't want to say he is going to play game five or not. Obviously, we we with just you know hours after the game it hasn't been said yet. I'm sure we'll know. Uh, what my guess is this: is he'll be a game time decision for game five and we'll know that tomorrow uh today tuesday and then wednesday we'll know for sure because tip-off is at 5 30 central time so we'll know pretty late in the day i i think that i think the rockets are gonna try to get him to go um from what i've heard and from what i've seen through uh the grapevine through twitter is that he's progressing he's really close and whether the Rockets want to risk it in an elimination game to have your, you know, to change your offense totally, I don't know. But I think it's ultimately going to come down to whether Russ is healthy or not because you would think if Russ were healthy, he'd play in today's game. I didn't think we would see him today. Even if he was 100%, there was no reason to rush him back today. Yes, I, but... At least... But this is why you want Russ to play, to, to prevent this from happening. Because if Russ played today, the Rockets would be up 3-1. If Russ was totally healthy, the Rockets would have swept this series. But that's the thing, is, is the Rockets can't take games for granted anymore. And this game teaches you that. So maybe that is more of a reason to play him on Wednesday. He has to play. He has to play on Wednesday. Touching on what y'all said before about style... I think the most frustrating thing right now is that without Westbrook, you have no mid-range game. None. And if you're going to play the Thunder, you need some sort of mid-range game. You know? You need some mid-range game. No, but... You need, you need someone that can drive to the rim. I, I think that's more valuable. Well, you have that. But I'm saying you need a guy who can stop on a dime and hit an elbow jumper... How many times do we see that with Chris Paul today? I, at least, what, six, seven, eight, nine yeah, times? That, that's two points for Chris Paul. I'd much rather you know match that with a, a layup that's a much more efficient shot. But I'd much rather have a guy on the court that at least can threaten the other team into thinking that a shot is on the radar besides a layup Daniel or a three. House has been toying with the mid-range the past two games. And... Speaking of Daniel House, we haven't mentioned how great he was today. He was great. Well, he, he and Rocco both had rebound games. Yeah. To, to me, I was I, I felt way better. Yeah, um, didn't a good game today was Jeff Green. Yeah, this is not the best we saw from Uncle Jeff. But my concern, the only concern I have with Russ coming back, is where does that leave House? Where does that leave Ben McLemore? To me, I don't think when, – when Russ comes back, I, I don't think we, we see Ben McLemore again. See, to me, like we were a player short in this game and eight guys made the court. But, and like I look at I look at the rest of the team and I don't – Basically, 
because Macklemore only played eight minutes, eight, nine minutes. You have the guys. Play them. You basically well, played six guys today. Yeah, basically yeah. six. Six and a half. And I think leaving Austin Rivers out was – it just didn't make sense. Like, his his defense has not looked as good as he is capable of playing, but it didn't make sense to me at all that if you played Eric Gordon through what were very clearly some struggles in the last couple games, you weren't going to give Austin Rivers some run with no Westbrook to try and let him uh, find his feet, what even if it's a momentary. What didn't make sense to me is when you missed 20 of your last 25 threes, why not play – your best three-point shooter. To me, that doesn't make sense. Ben Macklemore's your best three-point shooter. If you're having struggles from three-point land, why not insert a guy that's a better three-point shooter? I think one of the one of the more frustrating things about what the Rockets are doing right now is the lack of direction defensively the last two games. If you think about the Thunder, the Thunder go to, to Dort and say, James Harden, go cover him. Period. End of story. And the Rockets basically say, we're going to switch everything. We're going to do all this stuff. But they don't have an answer for Schroeder the last couple games. Why not go to Austin Rivers and say, Rivers, all you, baby. Dennis Schroeder, go cover him like glue. That's your job. That's Shea, I- Shea Gilgis before that, too. Yeah, either or. I mean, <laughs> D'Antoni, man. The more we talk about it, the more frustrated I am with Mike D'Antoni. And I know nobody wants to talk about this at this point, but there were times today where I actually said to myself, you know what? I hope we lose this series so we fire D'Antoni. There. I said it out loud. I haven't said it out loud today. I just said it. It creeped into my mind. And I know that's unfair, but I'm so frustrated with him these last two games that I I don't know how y'all think, but I, I think if Westbrook misses any more time... I highly doubt the Rockets can win this series. I think if you bring Westbrook back, I think the Rockets win in six. I think they win the next two games. Well, I, I mean, think, I think, I think the Rockets, I think the Rockets, as composed, have a history, unfortunately, of not playing well, of not rebounding well in these series. Right when they are playing well, they're playing well, but when adversity hits them in the gut they don't always come back the way that you would like them to. And that's the number one most worrying thing. I agree with you that Westbrook coming out and being, you know, a kick in the ass spark plug that gets this team moving again is just absolutely crucial because without him, I don't see this team building the confidence and unearthing the confidence after these last two losses that says, this is it. Like these guys are worse than us. We're going to town today and we're beating these guys. It, well, it's uh, kind of been a history, especially in the playoffs for these Rockets teams. Um, one that's very frustrating. But it's also, it's, it, to me, it would be different. I, it, my confidence would be shattered if they got destroyed in two games. I mean, these games have come down to a combined, like, four possessions, you know, between the game three loss and the game four loss. You've been right there. It's about getting over that hump. That is, that's where my, what's disappointment. I guess disappointment with James Harden today. I thought he had a good game, but I was very disappointed with his decision-making at the end. Throughout the quarter, I, there was just a lot of stuff that, I, it's um, tough. I, 
disappointed. I think I'm the worst thing the I worst thing that can happen here is that the Rockets accept what they have in the past, which is the interest in trying to push back against the losses because they were close. You know, let's look at the last two minute report. Let's do an audit of how many points we were denied. Let's look at the fact that the league said Eric Gordon was fouled. Like instead, instead of saying, let's just go beat these guys by 20 points again. Like we're, we're better than them. Like, okay, cool. Let's just go play our game. And Brain down threes, get to the rack, and beat them by 15 to 20. And I, I feel like the team doesn't I, do this that. Team sometimes. Has that mindset. I do. I think this team has that mindset. Because I think if you look at in two, like if you look previously, I feel like the Rockets always saw themselves, even in 2018, in, in a regard, we are not as good as Golden State. But this year, they don't have that excuse. And I think that the Rockets do see themselves as a team that can be the best team in the West. They just have to go out and execute. That's what it's coming down to, is the West is an absolute gauntlet. Let's get that straight first. The, the West is absolutely just an, like a bloodbath. You know, Utah, like it, this could totally be different. Utah could be down 3-1 if they were playing Oklahoma or us or... You know, they could have been swept if they played the Clippers or the Mavericks. Like, the Mavericks are giving the Clippers, who a lot of people are saying are title contenders, uh, you know, they're giving them some trouble. I think that the Rockets see themselves as a team that can win it all. They, I believe they have that mentality. They have that uh, confidence. I don't think a game like this is going to derail that. I think that they see this as game four. We lost. We need to win two more. Let's go do it. Actually, probably what they're saying is we're down 3-2. Let's go. We need to win Wednesday, and we are going to win on Wednesday. I think that's the mindset that they have. And, you know, the Rockets haven't won an elimination game, I think. If I can, if I can remember, the Rockets haven't won an elimination game in, since 2015. But that's because they haven't gotten there unless they're playing the Warriors. So, to me, I think that the Rockets, this is not – like it, it's kind of interesting because in the last podcast we had, Mike was the one hitting the panic button, and I was, or I was the one hitting the panic button, Mike was calm, calming me down. But today it's me. It, I'm the one calming, calming you down, Mike. And I think that this is a bump in the road, but also let's keep this in mind. Before this series started, we thought it was going to be Rockets and six or Rockets and seven. I had thought I said Thunder in six, and that could still happen. But I, I said that partially for the uh, the reverse jinx that we do have at uh, the Dream Shake. But I mean, Mike, did you? What was your prediction at the beginning of the series? I said Rockets in six, and that could still very easily happen. And yeah. Look, that means that means you're expecting the Rockets to lose two games. Well, they lost two games. That was expected of us before the series began. It's easy to think pessimistically because you're coming off of two straight losses. But we've seen this time and time again. You know, I think that the Rockets and Thunder so far are the only series that had it been played uh, on in Houston and Oklahoma that the home team would have won every game. Which is kind of strange, uh, but yes, the 
air quote home team has won every game in the series. The only series out of the eight to do that. So like we expected this, this is not anything that we weren't seeing before. We knew this was going to be a long series. Now it's time to put up or shut up. And the best team I think is going to come out of this. And I'd like to think that Houston is a better team to come out of this without Russell Westbrook, but we have Russell Westbrook possibly coming and playing in these last three games. So to me, it's, yes, it's cause for concern, but it's not time to panic yet. So let me get, let me get y'all's opinion on this. Cause I think it's not time to panic and the, you, Jeremy Brenner, national treasurer that you are, said that the Rockets consider themselves a title contender. I think they are. They need to have – D'Antoni needs to run a rotation where the guys know what they're going to be playing on a night-to-night basis. Like, Ben McLemore only getting nine minutes? Like, where did that come from? Where did Austin – why did he shorten the rotation today? What was the reason for it today compared to other – Days, I think right? about I think now that we've seen it two games from Macklemore and we only saw one game from Covington, I think it was Mac he's worried about Macklemore on defense. I think that is the only reason he hasn't been playing as much as we've seen him play. But still, honestly, because Ben is your best three point shooter and your team shoots more threes than literally any other team in the history of basketball in the playoffs. I think that's worth it. I think I think it's okay that he plays him more. Because the thing is, if Eric Gordon is going to shoot threes at the rate that he's shooting them, then McLemore is a plus for you. Yeah, and you can also hide defensively on, on Gordon's minutes. He should have some of Eric Gordon's minutes today. And Eric Gordon only played 31 minutes. He, I mean, if, I feel like he played a lot more than that. But only 31 minutes for Eric Gordon. Um to me, though, Eric Gordon was most effective tonight making twos. And if you want your whole team out there able to shoot threes, which, I mean, hey, all three, all five starters, the main lineup today had three triples or more. So you want a team that can do that while also not terrible on defense. And that's the thing with McLemore. McLemore is not a strong enough defender to crack this uh, major rotation. But to me... I don't think it really matters because the team wasn't playing good defense anyway in the first half or all game for that matter. Is Ben McLemore really that much worse? Because if Ben no, McLemore played five or ten minutes, if Ben McLemore played five or ten minutes, just five more minutes, that's all, he would have made some of the threes that the Rockets missed and the Rockets were won the game. I'm kind of here for that argument. I feel like when I was watching this game, I did feel like Macklemore and Rivers weren't on the court more. And I know Rivers is is been a good defensive piece for this team. I feel like he's kind of been slumping on that lately. But I felt like that was the reason why they're not on the court. But the point that you're making is the team isn't exactly a defensive juggernaut um, in the way that we want it to be or thought it had been. Um, at this moment. But it's an in-game adjustment. It's an in-game adjustment. And D'Antoni makes in-game adjustments. He just makes the wrong ones. Like, that's the thing. I don't think that D'Antoni came into today thinking, oh, I'm going to play James Harden all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. I don't think he thought that. I think he was thinking, you know what, this is where I'm at, but that was not the right decision to make. The right decision would have been play Ben McLemore those minutes like we usually do. 
Because I would have had no qualms if Ben McLemore played the gave Harden three minutes of rest. Harden can come into the game at nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. I think it would have made a difference. I do. Because you could see at the end of the game, James was tired. He made errant mistakes. He made that one pass that we haven't discussed yet. I'm surprised yep. it's been yep. four or five minutes. We have not discussed that terrible pass that he made, that outlet pass that got stolen. I think it was Gallinari who stole it at half court. Yep. But that was it was a one-point game at that point. And how about Rock- that, Ga- how about that <laughs> Gallinari knee that got brought back? Him going up on that looked like me at the Y. <laughs> but yeah, Harden, <laughs> but Harden made that uh, Harden made that bad pass. Yeah, it was a the the Rockets were trailing by one, one hundred nine, one hundred eight, and then on the next possession, Dennis Schroeder makes it a three point game. But that's inexcusable by Harden. I'm not. You can't look. You want yeah. you want to be I mean, that, you want to be the guy. You want to be the MVP. You don't make. You can't make that pass. And I get it. Tired. Whatever. But we can't, not we, I mean, Rockets fans can't just say that, you know, he was tired, he was this, he was, no, you can't do that. You have to have more wherewithal. And if you're D'Antoni, if we were giving out grades for coaching today, he gets an F, straight up. He didn't do, he, what did he do today that made you go, whoa, D'Antoni, that's my guy. Uh, the, the one thing that I thought was good was when uh, he, challenge the Gallinari. That's uh, fair. That's the one thing that I will look at and I will commend him on. But I, I you Mike, there's not much else. Not much else. I think his rotations were poor and that's a common criticism of his. And you know, same old, same old. But you know, let's just look at game five. Let's let's just strictly let's look at game five now as we wrap this up. So what do the Rockets need to do differently in Game 5 in order to go up 3-2? They need to score more points than the Thunder at the end of the game, and they'll probably win. Okay, well, thanks, Captain Obvious. Um, but what is, let's, let's all give a key. Let's give one key to the game for the Rockets. And, you know, don't, don't make it – they need to score more points than the Thunder. That one's already been taken. Well, Thank they, they, you. I've, I've got two. Number one is Westbrook has to wear that Iron Maiden shirt again if he's on the sidelines and not on the court. Well, Probably you. wearing it under the jersey would also be acceptable. I'm here for that too. Um, number two uh, would be they just they gotta go to the rack. Like I, we 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 know about how the math and the Mori Ball and you know everything that we talk about on Twitter all the time, but like they didn't go to the hoop enough in this game. They settled for chucking threes. Um, Even when they were open threes, their legs were dead. They weren't shooting well, and you could see how short so many of those shots were. They had to be going to the basket, and they weren't. That can be accomplished by getting Russell Westbrook on the court, or that can be accomplished by changing how James Harden is approaching the game, or by trying to put someone like Austin Rivers in and say, dude, all you're doing all game is just going to the bucket. Like, we just need Steven Adams to lay a bicep into your chin six times. Like, just go to the rack. Um, that's my one key for making a difference in a future game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Robert Covington. I think when Robert Covington is dialed in defensively and, and is looking 
to attack the basket offensively. Max, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's shot selection, just as a whole. You know, if the threes are there, and they say this all the time, James said it after the game today, that they were getting good shots, they just weren't making them. Well, that's true, but your, your overall shot selection has to be better. But Robert Covington gives this team that athletic big guy, you know, that you can throw out there against a guy like Gallinari or against a guy like Adams. You know, Robert Covington, for as good defensively as he is, maybe it's time for, you know, you to, you know, put you know, him on, on Schroeder for a couple possessions, right? If you're going to go to your bigger lineup and play Tucker, Green, and him together, maybe it's that's a point where you put him on Schroeder just to show him a different look. Uh, so that's my key to game five is Robert Covington having a really good game. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with just better defense. They need to play we need to see more of the shades from the game two defense in game five. The series is, is tightening up, and that means the defense needs to tighten up. And I think that had the Rockets done that earlier on today, they would have won this game and we would have a totally different conversation than what we had. The defense needs to improve. You can't let Dennis Schroeder go off for 30 points. You can't let Chris Paul go for 26. That's just something you can't handle. I'm hoping that if Westbrook comes, then that those numbers will be shrinking. And I think that's the key. That's, I think, part of the key. But that's something I don't know if we can necessarily control. Versus, So, like, if I could control everything, I'd say play Westbrook, play Macklemore more, play Macklemore, and uh, – I would say, like, but I can't control that. That's that's Mike D'Antoni. Um, maybe Mike D'Antoni, we should at him as much as we can so that he would listen to us. And maybe he'll listen to us and maybe. Uh, but I don't know if that will happen. I'm sure he's a very busy man. He's got better things doing than listening to Harden might take. But they, the defense just needs to be better. If they can clean up the defense and come out of the gates early and playing it throughout, Play four quarters of good basketball. That's the main thing. Play four good quarters of basketball. And if you do that, you're you're up 3-2 on Wednesday. And if you go down 3-2, it's not as bad as in years past because obviously you're not going on the road uh, to, to, you know, for game six. But you don't want to get into elimination games this early in the playoffs, especially against a team that you're better than. Mm-hmm. So Prediction time. What's up? Prediction time. We have to give a prediction. Ugh. I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm, I'm going to say Thunder by five just because you know how I roll. Woo! Okay. You know how I roll. Um, Mike. Rockets by six. I hope you're right. Rockets by six, and I think it's actually going to be a bigger lead than that, but the Thunder will cut it down late, as they usually do. Uh, I think Westbrook plays. I think he has a good game. I think it impacts the rest of the team. They get some of that that nastiness back that I think that they were missing today with being too complacent at too many different spots in the game, and Rockets go up 3-2 on Wednesday. And Max, guest of honor? I'm going with the Rockets. By eight, I think I agree with the same theory, which is they're going to find some sort of large lead. It's going to get whittled down. I think on prop bets, I'm going with the over on one and a half Gallinari needs to the chest. 
I'm going on the under on Chris Paul nut shots at 2.5. Uh, and I'm going over on Ben McElmore minutes at 12. Well, he hasn't hit that over in the last two games, or I guess not today, but I think we'll it, I think that's I think that's what they're gonna stir up. Yep. All right. So I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Max Crows, you're my favorite. I love you very much. Uh, it's always good to have you on the podcast. Uh, drop your Twitter handle down below and what you have to say to Red Nation. Uh, I'm at Crowsfire on Twitter. Just good to be back. Uh, uh, always watching the Rockets, of course, standing for them and Daryl Morey all day, every day on Twitter. Uh, and uh, for those that are interested, I did my MVP tracking project again this year, posted it on Reddit, uh, trying to determine who will win the MVP award. I have predictions out for every single one of the awards, with the exception of six man of the year. Uh, Giannis, uh, is going to take it down. Jimmy James buckets Harden, uh, will probably be third place, uh, based on what we know from those votes and my Reddit username. If you want to go check that out is slash you slash Texas, Alaska, Montana, all one word put together. World traveler. (laughs) But, uh, Mr. Michael Brown, national treasure, your turn. Uh, you can find me at UH Big Red Hat Guy on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on the show by using the hashtag Slim Jim and the Pocket Rockets. Uh, Red Nation, I don't want to hear you calling sports radio, whining and complaining about free throws or the refs or whatever. Throw it away. Get ready for game five. And the Rockets just need to come out a little swagger. Okay. Every, you know what? I want all the Rockets players wearing Iron Maiden t shirts. Like, cut off shirts under their jerseys. Because I think if they do that, we win the game by at least 25 points. Um, Let's do it. Let's start pumping free weights and get some Iron Maiden shirts up in here. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. Um, I think best out of three. And I like our chances. If Westbrook plays, um, I wouldn't be mad if they snuck in Gerald Green in the bubble and snuck him on the bench just for a little uh, pick-me-up as well. I think that could help. Um, Let's ride for game five. Every time Jeff Green makes a three, I, I just think it's Gerald Green. I know. I miss him so much. When we have yeah, the title this year, Green. we need to get him a We should try to get him on the podcast in the offseason. Or maybe even during the, se- the series. Who knows? Yeah, I would. If we make it. Okay, if the Rockets make it to, like, the NBA Finals, let's get Gerald Green on the show. We absolutely need to. And yeah. I think, you know. I changed my mind. We need to wake up with the mood of Gerald Green and how he feels about the city of Houston on Wednesday. Yeah. Gerald Green needs to be hype man. Guys, the ultimate podcast guest has to be Vernon Maxwell. Yes. Vernon Maxwell, we need to get him on the podcast too. Either him or uh, Von Wafer. Oh, I love a good mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mad Max would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, either him or Boston Knockbar. I wouldn't mind. Oh, Boston did, uh, went back when we were doing the podcast, he did say he'd do it one time. He told me over, over Twitter he'd do it one time. Yeah. I got the receipts on that. But we can't get these guests if the Rockets don't do their job on Wednesday 
at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central Time, 4.30 if you live in Montana like Mr. Max Crows, and Friday, Friday's game, uh, time to be determined. I guess that's based on whether Oklahoma, whether the Lakers series is over by then and whether the Bucks series is over by then. I'm sure we'll get a time in the next couple of days here. But Wednesday, 5.30 Houston time is tip-off for Game 5, the most important game of the Rockets season. So be sure to check out thedreamshake.com for all the coverage that you could ask for before tip-off on Wednesday and during the game and after the game. So head to, head to thedreamshake.com. You can also find us after the game uh, by subscribing to wherever you listen to podcasts uh, with The Dream Shake uh, or Harden My Take. And if you want to follow my personal Twitter, that is at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y, B-R-E-N-E-R. Special thanks to our guest of honor, Mr. Max Crows, and my co-pilot, Michael Brown. We are heading to game five. It's crunch time. Best of three. Let's get it done. Thank you so much for tuning this episode of Harden My Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.